My name is Sean Fairhome, and I'm here with my co-host, Cassie Stein. Welcome to episode 19 of the postcast. How are you on this fine day, Cass? You know, the weather finally broke in Western New York. Finally. It's in the mid... Finally, literally finally. I mean, it's only almost Memorial Day weekend, <laughs> but um, finally broke. The, the courses are beautiful up here. I might go play some golf late this afternoon. Oh, that's very nice. Why you know, not? The weather Why isn't not? as hot as it normally is down here yet, so uh, we're we're kind of enjoying a nice, cool period in South Florida. So, you know, we're both playing golf right now. So, I mean, we can't complain about that, and I, I believe we're going to have some fun today, if we're, if I'm not correct, on our podcast here. Absolutely. This is going to be a really cool show. Our guests today are two men from Raleigh, North Carolina, who decided to go on a crazy golf trip they would never forget. The two flew to Portland, Oregon with their golf clubs and all other essential items, you know, like sunglasses, a journal, tents, sleeping bags, uh, butt cream, which is apparently something that that exists. And the two hopped on bikes with the intention of biking 800 miles, around 800 miles down the Pacific coast, playing some incredible golf courses along the way to Pebble Beach. Those courses include Olympic Club, Bandon Dunes, Pacific Grove, which is a really cool muni and on the Monterey Peninsula. Could you and I pull this off? Could we do our uh, biking trip 800 miles down the coast? What do you think? Well, first of all, when you mentioned the butt cream, I got kind of nervous there because I didn't know what kind of golf trip we were talking about. But anyways, um, I think we could pull this off. I think we'd have a lot of fun on it. We would do a podcast every day. Absolutely. Somehow. Yeah. This would be so somehow, much fun. Somehow find some internet access if we could. <laughs> oh my goodness. I think this sounds a lot easier on, on paper for us to do than, than in reality. In reality, we would yeah. probably, by like mile three, <laughs> we'd be pulled over on the side of the road. and <laughs> I wouldn't make it night are you kidding me? <laughs> <laughs> i need a hotel to stay in these guys are these guys are warriors right here their names yeah. luke davis and pete phipps luke is a pga professional and uh, i went to college with him at north carolina state so we have a nice uh, connection there and uh, pete played college golf at army and then served in afghanistan now runs a chain of barber shops in raleigh north carolina luke went in for a haircut uh, several years ago and the rest is history they're good friends now and uh, they definitely had a lot of bonding time over the the past uh, couple of weeks here when they're on their trip going from Portland to uh, Pebble Beach. So here is our interview with the, the two adventurers. All right, and now we welcome onto the show a pair of men who just lived out a, a very unique golf marathon, Luke Davis and Pete Phipps. Luke, I'll start with you. Around 800 miles worth of biking and playing golf along the Pacific coast for a couple of uh, Raleigh, North Carolina boys. How did all of this come to fruition? I'm actually going to pass that over to Pete. So Pete, uh, I'll let you take it from here. <laughs> you know, the, so the idea um, came about recently, but it, it kind of looking back, it was years ago. I, I had a, there's a book called Benda Baja. It's um, Patagonia created this book. It's basically a kind of a surf, surf trip um, from Bend, Oregon, all, all the way down to Baja, California, and Mexico. And really cool book, great pictures. Um, kind of a lifestyle type coffee book and coffee table book, I should say. And that I'd had it for years and really enjoyed looking at it once in a while. It has a little taste of adventure and some sports with it and whatnot. And so I, being a golfer, I'm not a surfer, I'm a golfer. And so I thought, well, how do you, how can we kind of tie in what the surf community has going for it? How can we tie that into the golf community, which is somewhat of a stretch, but, um, so I, 
and I'd, I'd done a long bike ride years in the years ago and kind of thought to myself in over the last year, well, what about pairing up golf with cycling just for the sense of like, you know, most people, when they think of golf, they don't, they don't see it as an adventurous mm-hmm. sport. Sometimes even question how athletic it is, um, for, for some fair, fair reasons. And so I thought, well, you know, not every golfer out there just jumps in the cart and plays six hour long, you know, rounds and views it that way. Some of us, some of us do view it in an, in an athletic recreational way where we, you know, you play, play pretty fast and you view it in a kind of a, again, more recreational way. And so long story short, I, the, the book Ben to Baja kind of started the idea. And then I just pieced, thing, pieced some things together and went, went to Luke and said, what about doing something like this? And, and then once you think about where it take place, you, you can't really beat the Pacific coastline. Um, and then you thought, well, well, how do we tie in? You know, you're thinking Bandon Dunes is in Oregon, and you know some good courses in the Bay Area. So we kind of pieced together the Portland to Pebble as a kind of a play off the whole Bend to Baja thing. And so we kind of twisted Bend to Baja and turned it into Portland to Pebble and, and, and introduced golf to that, that concept. Wow, very cool there. So there was biking involved. There was a lot of golf, maybe one or two adult beverages, shall we say, along the way. Not None more than that, though. Most enjoyable aspect of the whole experience for you guys? I think this is Luke. I think just taking that route in a way that's not been done before. So being the line and you're riding through these pretty crazy terrains between the woods and the coast and all the golf you can imagine in between. And to take that at 10 miles per hour versus whipping through there at 60 mile hour, you really just kind of get to soak everything in in a different way. You know, it took us two and a half weeks to complete this trip. We're usually do it in a couple of days. And um, just the experience of that alone is, is, was kind of the biggest takeaway for me. I know you didn't keep score or, you know, it was pretty casual out there, but are, there was some great golf obviously played. Was there one, of, you know, is there a favorite course or a favorite moment that stands out to you? Uh, there's, there's a couple that definitely stand out and it's tough to, I mean, there's so many cool stories and moments that happen throughout the trip and courses of all different types that we got to see. Um, we're going to, we're going to obviously continue to share a lot of those stories. I don't know to pick one. I've said it a couple times, um, to kick off the trip. We, we went across to the Washington state line, uh, just North of Portland and played a little par three course that a homeowner built in his backyard called Lakeview. Hmm. And there's nine holes with two pin placements. So you can actually play 18 uh, and be a little bit different. Mm -hmm. Uh, That goes right along the water as well as uh, he has some water built into the course that he put in there. Um, It was just really cool. There's no staff, you know, you just drop in your 10 bucks in in the the little uh, mailbox slot and grab some clubs and head out. So that was kind of a cool kind of different approach versus, um, you know, heading out to an actual golf course. If you could do anything over, uh, would you would you change anything that you did throughout the trip or bring another item or, or kind of alter it in any way? Oh, man. I mean, we were having to pack pretty efficiently. So I, I guess for <laughs> me, uh, it took me a lot of to sleeping on the ground. Um, I probably would have maybe tried to find some more padding uh <laughs> that's from my side of things pete might have a different answer yeah <laughs> uh, to be honest we, we uh we got lucky with a lot of stuff um one we 
plan accordingly so we knew what to take and what not to take. Obviously, weight's a big factor. Um, we even to the point where we we had a ha- we each had about a half a set of golf clubs. We left we left uh, I think we each left a wedge and uh, eight six and four irons back home just to save some save some weight. But um, we got really really lucky with the weather as well. I mean we're up in the Pacific Northwest there in Oregon and I think in 15 days of riding we got about three hours worth of rain which um, was extremely lucky. So we had a, we had a great everything to be quite honest worked out very very well fortunate for one of my favorite parts about your journey is there's some incredible video and photography of the trip and uh, some of it was taken by a drone some some really cool angles talk about how you got some of this footage and uh, what it means to kind of document it in that way yeah this is luke um probably annoyed pete at times asking (laughs) him to stop so i could take photos along the way but uh (laughs) took about 1900 photos and filled up probably five 64 gig cards of GoPro 5 footage, drone footage, uh, we have iPhone footage, you know, footage from the campsites as well as the courses we played, the route we traveled. Um, I'm, I'm working on currently compiling all of that footage and hopefully going to come out with a mail as well as uh, some short films to, to, to kind of share the narrative and the experience. So, yeah, I mean, I just continued to shoot while we're on the trip and, and try and document it. Way, just because it was so visual out there that I, I knew I had to capture that. How do you, know, you operate and, and the, uh, the drone while you're, while you're uh, riding your bike? So I used a DJI Mavic Pro drone, which is a pretty good entry-level uh, portable drone that you can actually track to follow uh, mm, if you have oh, it wow. set up that way. So you, can, wow. you can do some auto stuff with that. Um, so did some pedaling one-handed uh, at times and there <laughs> crashed it a couple times so there's definitely uh, some there's definitely a blooper reel it's not all, not all <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome but between all the photos you took the places you slept the golf being played the the one-handed bike rides who's more exhausted i mean i this sounds exhausting to me just listening to it but who was more exhausted at the end of this trip so um i gotta give total props to pete uh there's a side to the story um we did a test run from from Raleigh to Pinehurst the week before. And I had never really ridden a bike before besides just being like a kid, you know, in high school riding around town. Um, so, and I, I, I'm a procrastinator and I didn't, you know, I didn't train for this, uh, as I probably should have. Um, so we did a test <laughs> run from Raleigh to Pinehurst, which was, uh, we played at Dormy club camped overnight and rode back. So to there one way, it was about 70 miles, uh, hauling our gear. So we did the full, We'll get up like we we're doing for the trip. And by the time I got to Dormy Club, I couldn't walk. Like it was brutal. Uh, <laughs> and I made it about 35, 40 miles back the next day and had to shut it down. Like my knees were absolutely, it felt really weird. <laughs> so when I got off the plane, oh, I looked no. into some pedal assist bikes because I knew I could do, I knew I could do the trip. Like I knew I could do the pedaling. Um, I just, with all the gear we're carrying uh, and we're doing 70 mile days. Is I, I knew I needed a little bit of help. Um, so that's when I looked into pedal assist bikes, which kind of give you that extra boost or torque that you need to get up a, a hill when you're struggling and um, things like that. So it's not a throttle by any means. It's just meant to kind of help your, your pedal around at times when you need to apply a little extra something. So what Pete did was he actually he used a touring bike and everything was 100% pure grit and muscle. So um, <laughs> what he did was really amazing. You know, I can't take full credit for for that physical feat that he did 
That's pretty impressive. I, I was I was wondering, has it has it been tough transitioning back into um, your your normal day to day lives after taking? Um, I don't know if I would call this a, a vacation, but um, a, a unique break from uh, from your normal jobs. Uh, I don't I don't think it's necessarily tough. We, I mean, this is something we planned out and we knew we wanted to do it. So it wasn't. Um, I guess there is some element that you know when you're on the bike on a Pacific coast for two weeks, looking at that ocean and the, going through the redwoods, it's pretty tempting to live that life. <laughs> and it's pretty, and there were some tough hills and mountains we had to climb, but for the most part, pretty enjoyable, cool experience. So into the grind, I guess, which is your, what you're asking is it obviously it's no, no different than coming back from any vacation. So I don't know, even know if I could use the word vacation for what we did either. So, um, <laughs> Because uh, it wasn't it wasn't your typical trip to the beach or anything like that, or even golf stream. We obviously, when you're in Bandon Dunes, for example, you're surrounded by guys who are legitimately on a real golf vacation. And hmm. we we were playing we were playing the courses out there, but once we tapped in on 18, we went we were staying at the state park. We'd ride our bikes out to the state park off property, and then um, and we had to keep going down to the next state park along the coast. So it, it just was a little different than what we what other golfers were experiencing but um back to your question i it hasn't been too difficult for me just because i it was just a for me it was just a couple of weeks where i knew this is the goal and we, we we went from point a to point b like we had like we had set out to do and so just kind of uh on to the next thing so would you guys do all this again uh or is this just like a one-time deal or do you have something already in, in mind you don't have anything specific in mind we we definitely talk about this a couple times on the trip just you know when you're riding for eight hours a day with with someone you, you have to come up with some things to talk about so yeah <laughs> we started thinking on that so um would absolutely do it again uh next week probably not but uh <laughs> i'm gonna let this, the skin and and the muscles get get back to normal a little bit but uh <laughs> yeah we absolutely would love to do something like this again this had to be a pretty cool bonding experience experience for the for the two of you. How did you guys uh, meet and kind of begin your friendship? Yeah, so I um, I actually own some barber shops in the Raleigh Durham area in North Carolina, and and uh, Luke's one of our very very loyal customers, and so um, we kind of crossed paths in that way. And and uh, he's in the golf industry. I'll kind of let him shed some light on that. But uh, I'm a, I'm a big golfer. So I think he noticed he noticed some things in the shop that allude to the the golf background <laughs> that I have, and uh, we we reached out to to each other, and then um, and that, that's when I about a year, uh, little less than a year ago I I asked him to meet for a cup of coffee, and essentially pitched him a ridiculous idea of riding bikes <laughs> from Portland Pebble Beach, and he was he was naive enough to say yes, and, and uh, <laughs> I, I'm during the ride I think he might have regretted it at certain times, but afterwards uh, no different than any. Anything tough you do in life. Um, not that this was a real tough thing, but it, there was definitely some challenge uh, along with riding a bike 800, 900 some miles over those mountains. But afterwards, now that you, now that he's soaking up all the drone footage he has, I think it's, it's <laughs> it was well worth it. Really, uh, pretty cool trip being able to go out to Bandon Dunes and uh, Pacific Grove and all these uh, amazing courses. Have you have you have you been out there before you uh, before you did the trip? I've been out to Bannon one time and I wasn't out there for long enough and I certainly didn't experience it in this way. 
Um, the last time I was there, it was rainy too. So seeing Bannon without an ounce of ounce of rain coming down, that was pretty crazy. Um, the rest of the coastline was all brand new to me. So uh, besides like the Bay, San Francisco area, um, you know, everything was brand new. Yeah, it was, it was incredible. The uh, Pacific Grove, when you finished, uh, I, I know you didn't finish at Pebble Beach, but being able to finish at a kind of a, a cool muni uh, there in, on, on Monterey, um, what was that experience like on the on the back nine? That's a pretty unique course. It was awesome. That was, you know, the buildup to that point, A, both symbolically from just being done with riding and done with that aspect of the trip and being able to like, take off the bike shoes for the last time um, and really enjoy our last round with some pretty scenic views. Um, the back nine is absolutely incredible. You're on the water. Um, you know, you're getting that, that back and forth coast. It's just, it's pretty powerful. And it's the, the coolest thing is totally accessible to the public. They've got great rates out there. Um, the staff is awesome. The golf course is awesome. The greens were incredible for being a public course and uh, everything about it was just, great is is i wish it wasn't windy while well, i could have taken some drone footage but other than that everything was <laughs> was picked out there well i think we're both uh, pretty jealous of you at the moment yeah <laughs> I'd, I'd have to say <laughs> but we really appreciate you guys coming on and uh, and talking to us for a little while and uh, we'll look forward to your to your next uh, your next expedition all right cool thanks for having us yeah, yeah absolutely thanks guys, thanks, guys. Thank you to uh, Luke and Pete. Um, that was an incredible interview. On a side note, though, like thank you to Pete for serving in Afghanistan. Um, that's yeah, that's very very. So thank you to him. But thank you both for that interview. That was incredible. Um, quick few things. If you want to follow up on this story, um, visit PortlandToPebble.com. All spelled out. Um, they have drone. You know, they have drone um, footage. They have photos on there. Uh, a really really cool website to visit if you want more on their trip um 800 miles along the pacific coast playing golf riding bikes sounds awesome mm-hmm. um also uh burly travoy um these are these are what they attach to their bikes to hold their golf clubs and all their essential needs um to travel these 800 miles so maybe if you're looking to try this and do what luke and pete did get you know get get something you know burly travoy they they're from eugene oregon um they even said maybe you should try it just from your house to your local golf club i mean what's what's the harm in that i'm sure it's not too far for you so maybe you can give that a try and then Luke's website, uh, Lion Loft, a lot of cool prints of where, um, prints, I mean, photos of where, uh, um, they played this past, um, you know, their past trip. So, uh, get, uh, give, give those three things a look at and, uh, get back to us on it. Yeah, definitely. And we, we could all, instead of taking a car to some of our local uh, golf courses, we can all bike there. I think that's a pretty cool movement that they've, uh, maybe unintentionally started. I'm, uh, definitely yeah. in favor of that. I would, wouldn't mind trying that for myself actually and i'm all about saving the environment too so Mm -hmm. i think i think a bike is a good idea amen sweet so let's jump right into winners of the week from last week shall we and then uh we'll move into the schedule for this week and then bingo bango bongo uh, winners last week on the PGA Tour was Billy Horschel, who ended his nearly three-year winless drought, uh, capturing the AT&T Byron Nelson. He defeated Jason Day on the first playoff hole. An emotional win for Horschel. Um, his wife, Brittany, did something I don't think a lot of people would be able to do in her situation and came out yesterday on Monday and uh, said she was an alcoholic. 
um, very emotional time for them. Um, sometimes I guess you just don't know the whole story. So, you know, Billy really um, has struggled over the last year or so, and now we know why. And good on her for speaking out and good on Billy for sticking by her, even through everything she's gone through. And um, we're happy to hear she's getting back to health and good for that family. And uh, I'm just, I'm just glad. I think I'm, I think a lot of us are just now glad to see Billy back on the winning side of things. Wouldn't you agree? Absolutely. Yeah. Very brave by Brittany Horschel too. I don't, yeah. I don't know if I would have had the guts to come out publicly no. like that. And um, I think we kind of understand a little bit more, you know, Billy won the, the FedEx cup in 2014 and then kind of fell off the map after that. And, uh, you know, he's now number 76 in the world prior to his uh, to his victory uh, this past weekend over Jason Day. And uh, it kind of explains a little bit, you know, he had to take care of their children. He had to take care of Brittany, a lot going on and still compete and play golf at the same time. It's a lot to deal with. Um, Really cool to see him back in the winner's circle for sure. Yeah. Yeah, I really like that. And uh, on the LPGA, a little redemption for Lexi Thompson when she won the Kings Mill Championship on Sunday um, by five shots. It was her first win since the whole debacle, the rules debacle mm. at the ANA Inspiration. So glad to see her back in the winner's circle. Um, the legend of Bernard Longer, right, continues as he won. Yeah, love love him. Um, as he won his eighth, yes, eighth PGA Tour Champions Major Championship at the Regents Tradition to match Jack Nicholas for most all time. I mean, what a category for Langer to be in with with Jack. Um, and then his weekend total of 130 also tied um, Jack for the best closing 36 holes in the tournament in tournament history. Um, so just some great company Langer is in and just magnificent golf he is playing right now. Um, we'll be excited to see him play this week in another PGA Tour Champions uh, Major Championship. And on the European Tour, it was Alvaro Quiros who lost his tour card last year and was playing on the Challenge Tour until his uh, until his win at the inaugural. Rocco Forte Open in Sicily. He had to do it in a playoff over South Africa's Xander Lombard, but he got it done for his seventh European Tour title. Yeah, great on Alvaro there. One note about that event, Mike Weir made the cut, and he had missed his previous 36 cuts in PGA Tour or European Tour events. So I thought that was pretty cool to see him make the cut. He's he's played a little bit out in uh, Portugal and Morocco and uh, some areas of, uh, of, of Europe over there. So uh, kind of cool to, to see him to see him back. It's, it's been a long, uh, tough ride for him. Let's get mm-hmm. into the schedule for this week. Uh, we have the Dean and DeLuca Invitational at Colonial. Jordan Spieth and John Rahm will highlight that field. Uh, always a unique event down there, Hogan's Alley. Tough, narrow, uh, tree-lined course. Uh, the BMW PGA Championship is at Wentworth. No Rory at the flagship event for the European Tour. He uh, had that problem with that with his back that he's uh, still still dealing with. But always a strong field there. The Senior PGA Championship, as you mentioned, second major in a row for for the senior circuit. Uh, Bernhard Longer has to be the favorite, obviously, because he's uh, a machine. And then uh, the Volvic LPGA Championship being played in Ann Arbor, Michigan for the second year. 83 of the top 100 players in the world will be there. Aria Jutanagarn is uh, defending her title there. That's a pretty good lineup for this week on all tours. Yeah, we got a strong, strong lineup this week for sure. I like it. Yeah, we're we're cooking with uh, peanut oil. Yeah, (laughs) I like it. (laughs) All right, well, let's jump into Bingo Bango Bongo, shall we? 
Let's do it. All right. Well, last last week I had um, at the AT&T Byron Nelson, I had Louis Oosthuizen to win and he finished T18. So not horrible, but I'm still looking for that first win of the season while you have two under your mm-hmm. belt. I had <laughs> I had Kevin Tway um, as my sleeper pick. He finished T. I was very pleased about that. But I also had Sergio Garcia missing the cut and he finished T20 as well. So not a good pick by me. But anyways. Ah, it's okay. So, yeah, Kevin Tway, T20, Sergio, T20. Um, yeah, I, I had Kepka to win. Uh, he actually played really well in the first round, shot 67, but backed up from there, finished T50. My sleeper was Tony Finau. He opened with 75 and would have been right there if, uh, if it weren't for that opening round because he finished T13 after uh, a couple of 65s got him back into the game, finished with a one under 69. So a uh, pretty, pretty solid tournament for Tony. And I also had Sergio to miss the cut, and he uh, fared pretty well. Um, it was, was in contention heading into Sunday, just four back, um, but uh, had a 74 in the uh, final round to, to set him back a little bit. So uh, that brings us to uh, the second part of this Texas two-step. We, uh, we're going to Colonial this week. Who do you like mm-hmm. to win? I'm going to go. Hello, Mark Leishman. Um, the thirty, yeah, the thirty-three year old is making his seventh appearance at the Dean and Deluca Invitational. He's at all top. Um, he's at all three top thirties in his last three visits. So, I mean, T thirteen last year. He was T thirteen last week. I, I think he. I think he can get it done this week. I mean, he's he's playing well. I like that. Yeah, winner at Bay Hill. Uh, yeah, yeah. He's, he's had a really uh, solid year. I, I like Mark Leishman. He's a uh, one of these guys who's always under the radar, a really, really, really solid player. I like Jason Duffner this week. Um, in, the, in the past five years at Colonial, he is second in cumulative uh, to par, uh, second behind Jordan Spieth. So really nobody has been better at Colonial in the past five years. Just a really solid player in Texas. Uh, loves the Byron Nelson as well. He's uh, he's played really well there for the past few years. So uh, take J- Jason Duffner and... Uh, and where he is comfortable in Texas. Yeah, I'd like to see that former PGA uh, champion get back mm-hmm. into form, wouldn't you? He's always fun when he's playing at the top of his game. Yeah, definitely. He, and he played fairly well last week. And I remember he won on the PGA Tour uh, last year in California. So, um, mm-hmm. yeah, he's he's, uh, he's due for a win, I think. Yeah, I agree. So, who do you have for a sleeper this week? I like Bud Colley. And uh, Justin Thomas tweeted this out. I believe a couple of uh, days ago saying that Bud is the hottest player on the tour right now, four straight top tens. So I'm, uh, I'm inclined to, to follow Justin's lead here. Uh, I don't think many people are playing as well as, as uh, Bud is right now. Uh, he hasn't played at colonial uh, that, that well. He has a, uh, a couple of top twenties that, that occurred uh, before and five years ago now. But uh, Bud is a, a solid ball striker, which you really need to, to be on your game uh, at Colonial. Ball striking is, is paramount. So I'm going to take uh, the former Alabama Crimson Tide. Justin Thomas would tweet out that Bud is the hottest player on the PGA <laughs> Tour. Like, they have such a bromance. I can't even deal with it. <laughs> Teammates in, at the Zurich Classic. They, uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, so I'm going to go Brant Snedeker as my sleeper. Mm. Um, he's coming off resting his wrist injury. Um, I, he played last week, but he missed the cut. Um, he was co-runner up here in 2015. He had an, another pair of top twenties. Um, 
You know, I'm just going off his big Nashville Predators win last night, though, also. <laughs> he was pretty fired up, and he was there, I believe, uh, last week, you know, getting the rally towels going, and he brought the Ryder Cup. So he's feeling good right now. They're, they advanced to the Stanley Cup final last night. So I, I, I'm going Brand Snedeker as a sleeper. Yeah, side note, congratulations to the Predators on, on being the Ducks last night and uh, advancing to the Stanley Cup finals. That that is really cool. I know Brant's a huge hockey fan. There are a lot of big hockey fans in the world of golf. Uh, Graham Dillette's a huge Calgary Flames fan. We have, we have a good relationship. Uh, hockey players are usually pretty good golfers, so there's a, there's a good relationship there. Yeah, I'd have to say that too. Absolutely. To miss the cut, uh, who do you like? I, I'm going to go with Sergio again. I'm just really? I'm waiting for him. Yes, I'm waiting for him to miss the cut. Why are you He's hating on Sergio? I don't, and I'm normally a, like I like Sergio. I'm I'm not normally like this, but I mean he's just got to be exhausted at this point, right? I I'm trying for him again this week. I know he won back here and way back in 2001, um, but this is his first trip here um, at the Dean DeLuca since 2012, and he's just been inconsistent. Um, you know, he was inconsistent at the players. He was he played well, then he didn't. And he was fluctuating on the leaderboard, and the same thing happened last week. So, I mean, it's it's it, I don't know. I'm sorry. Sorry, I don't know. I, I think this is the year of Sergio. I'm starting to believe it. I know I, I picked him last week to miss the cut, but I'm just starting to believe this is this is just his year. He may win another major. I'm going to throw that out there. He may win another major. I, listen, uh, listen. If he if he if he makes the cut this week, I will not pick Sergio the rest of the year to miss the cut. Okay. okay? I, I, I like him Deal. to win the Open. I like him to win the Open. I don't think he has the patience for a U.S. Open. I don't know if that's in, 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 his, in his ballpark. But uh, yeah. I like I like him at the open, so uh, yeah, maybe he'll miss the cut this week. But uh, I- I'm going Jordan to uh, to miss the cut this week. Uh, okay, it, something's off. Something's off with him. I, I don't really know. Um, he led the tour in strokes game putting last year. He's 39th now, and uh, he he put those two balls out of bounds on the 16th hole on the second round last week, and just doesn't look the same. I, I don't know. I know he's at home in Texas and re- really plays well at Colonial, defending champion at Colonial, you know. But this is the surprising miscut category. And I, I'm going to take a flyer and say that Jordan still doesn't figure it out and uh, struggles again this week. That's Jordan for you, two out of the three last weeks. I'm just saying. Mm-hmm. Because we yeah. picked him at the we we both picked him at the players to miss the cut too. So yeah, and that was his third straight miss cut at the at the, yeah. at, the at the players. So yeah, yeah. So it was just ah man. Hopefully he gets back into form soon, mm-hmm. and maybe maybe he'll prove you wrong this week. Who knows? Yeah, but we'll see. We'll see. But uh, that's all the time we have left on the postcast this week. So please follow us, uh, Global Golf Post, on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Just search for us, and you'll find us. Um, you can find me at Cassie Stein. 25 on Twitter, and you can find Sean at Fairway Fairhome. Until next time, for Sean and I, hit him straight. See you later.